And we're back. Mr. Mateo, everybody. Straight into it. Yes, welcome to the High Jitsu Podcast, people. It's good to be here. How you feeling, Matty? Yeah, very good. That's good, that's good. Yeah. Um, good week, mate. What's the week been like? Lots of classes. Lots Ooh, of yeah. jiu-jitsu. Lots of jiu-jitsu. Beautiful. You know? That's how we do it here at Haya. Doing all your hard work, mate. Um, how, how you, how's the body holding up? Surprisingly good. Nice. Um, but... You know, take, taking a little bit easy, uh, less intense roles, mm-hmm. uh, just to make sure I can sustain it through the week. Yeah, you know? right. That's the thing, man, because sometimes you get really excited, you do some heavy roles, and then your body's a little bit tired, and then it's just like a, a flow-on effect, right? It's yeah. like a snowball. It just gets harder and harder, and you're looking towards that Sunday, like, oh, I need, my body needs a rest. Actually, um, one thing, though, like, I've been, I've, un, unrelated to jiu-jitsu, I've been working on my squat. Ooh, oh, yeah. Uh, and so I've been using the band around my knees because I kind of, I don't have any external rotation in my, my knees when I squat. Yeah, well, right. not any, because I don't have any, but it's, it's, it's weak. Is that where your, um, your heels come up a lot of the time? No, that, that's like, the, I've got no ankle mobility forwards. Yeah, right. it's like, it's terrible. So that's been improving heaps. Um, but so putting the band around either way, and it's helping my glutes activate. So I've had like the sorest butt all week. Ooh. <laughs> Fair enough. It's like yeah, any even like upas are hurting. Yeah, it's like just oh okay, that's activating. Well, good. I guess you're work you're you're using them then, huh? Yeah, using them my to get sore, better, right? For sure. Um, and that's definitely related to jiu-jitsu, Maddie. Yeah, absolutely. Remember, remember Steve Maxwell back in the day when he came to hire. Yes. There was somebody in the class that couldn't squat. He's like, you should not be doing jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Do you hear that, people? If you if you're not if you can't squat, you cannot do jiu-jitsu. Absolutely, it's, I was a purple belt told that I should never have started jiu-jitsu. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, um, let's take what we do here. What you can do is take the good and the bad. Like take the good parts out of what you hear, and if we take the good part of that, I think what st- what what I get from um, that comment from Steve is it's very important to be able to squat in order to do, to do jiu-jitsu effectively yes. and without getting hurt. Absolutely. And if that's, that, I agree with that most definitely. Should you completely stop doing jiu-jitsu until you learn how to squat? That's a bit harsh, but um, <laughs> who am I to say that, right? Yeah. Um, so back to, um, yeah, rest. It's been my sabbatical week and so Basically, every seventh week, I take a week off. And partly, you know, um, as per what Maddie was saying, it's a good time for me to just relax my body as well and relax my brain, to be honest. Like, um, one of our coaches couldn't make it to this to today's uh, lunch class. And I had a smile on my face coming the whole way through because, like, I'm so excited to train and learn and practice. And I've been meaning to come um, and just grapple. I wanted to come last night. But just, you know, things worked out and the baby went to sleep late. You missed and a then, sick class, bro. I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did. And um, I, I really appreciate when I can come in as a student. Like, it's so much fun. And I want to try to come in, um, if not tomorrow, then Saturday, just for a grapple, man, just to learn from from everybody. Um, and just feel what it's like. Feel what high jitsu is like as a student, um, which, would be, which should be um, really good. Um, yes, Maddie. So... On that note, should we get started? Let's get into it. With our topic episode of the week. Beautiful one today. It's a big one and it works off of our last one. The last episode 30 something was um, getting started with Gracie Jiu Jitsu and we went over a few little important 
tips and tricks on how to get started yep. um, and just set up a path, an effective path, you know, so you can be able to enjoy jiu-jitsu for the long haul, you know, rather than kind of coming in and like maybe do, not doing things right or in, in the best possible way and kind of ruining it for yourself, um, which can very easily happen. Um, and so today on that path, uh, the topic that we're going to discuss today is what we wish we knew before starting jiu-jitsu. Uh, we put up a post on the High Jiu-Jitsu Secret Facebook group and we got some of our students' opinions and um, thoughts about this. And so we're going to go over a few of those um, today and just discuss them and hopefully give you listeners like a little bit of tips um, as to maybe if you've already started jiu-jitsu, then things that you can, I'm sure you're going to learn like um, some different some better ways of doing things and if you're thinking about starting then listen up because this is definitely for you too mm. cool Maddie. yep you were having a giggle before Le- leave it, put us in on the joke uh, I was just thinking about like a recap in like five words or less for last week's episode yeah and I'd have to quote Shia LaBeouf just do it <laughs> <laughs> that's it just do it just start jujitsu. yes yes and listen to this episode before you start. Yeah, this one's going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be some real wisdom in this. Yeah, so um, let's kick it off. What are you wishing you? I'm going to ask you this at the start, and I'll ask you this at the end as well, okay? Right. So I'll give you a couple of opportunities. How to squat. Hey, <laughs> yes. So what are you wishing you before starting jiu-jitsu? You wish you had a... Elaborate, please, Matty. I wish I had a, a, a very uh, well-structured and technical and just nice squat. Yeah. Um, you know, nice mechanics. Mm-hmm. I wish I had the nice, clean, natural, uh, comfortable mechanics of my body. Coordination, I suppose, but also, yeah, mobility and all the all those other bits and pieces. Yeah, I guess I guess that's what jiu-jitsu has done for you too, though, right? Absolutely, like it's right. put you on the path of knowing what mobility is and caring about mobility, so you can do jiu-jitsu better. Yes. Because here's a question, Maddie. If you, what if you didn't do jiu-jitsu? What if you were just, I don't know, an office worker going to the gym, trying to look uh, aesthetically pleasing to the ladies? <laughs> you know, like, yep. would that ankle mobility have that much of an impact on your life? Probably not, because you can just take shortcuts to solve the problem and still lift weights and achieve the goal, right? Yeah, that's what that's... Yes, so... I guess in a way, jiu-jitsu is kind of forcing you to focus on your mobility issues because you want to be able to do jiu-jitsu better. Yep. Uh, I think, you know, the everyday normal life, like outside of these... Um, Mate, if I was on the couch, I wouldn't need mobility. The only mobility I'd need is for my thumbs. The my, thumbs th- my thumb dexterity would be like... We've got the, the shoulder beers. dexterity to get the beer from the from the ground and drink it, and drink it, put it back down. Yeah, yeah, look... I wouldn't call back it... Back in the day, back in the day. I probably would have, like, up-leveled my shit and got a straw. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, man, I, I don't want to have to put my controller down to have a beer. I want to be, like, you know, multitasking. Yeah, or wear that helmet with the two cans on the oh, side. Yes. And just suck in the beer uh, on demand. I'm going to have to get a picture of me in one of those now. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good point, Matty. Like, so, you know, and I, I mean, as we said as well, I think definitely um, being able to move better will put you in a, in good in a good position to to get the most out of jiu-jitsu. 
And a big part of that is it's going to help you do jiu-jitsu better as well. So, you know, there's some um, mobility programs that are really helping people. Like Steve, Steve Maxwell, when he came in, gave us his whole mobility series. And that's I still use that to, the, to this day. Um, and uh, his focus was joint mobility, right? And just making sure that all your that, that your joints are able to move in a healthy range of motion. Yeah. So the difference, he made a big distinction between f- mobility and flexibility. Mm. And I think a lot of the time you hear a lot of beginners say, oh, I'd like to do jiu-jitsu, but I'm not flexible enough. And the argument there is like, you don't have to be flexible because being flexible and I guess practicing your flexibility during jiu-jitsu is actually not ideal because you're taking your joints beyond their normal range of motion. And the only way you're doing that is with with elastic muscles, right? Yeah. Whereas what we're talking about is not pushing um, your, your, your joints beyond their range of motion. So for example, one thing that Steve was talking about was um, he'd get somebody from the, from the seminar and he'd, he'd bring up one of their, so they were standing, participant was standing and he said, give me your leg. So he'd carry, he'd grab their leg. Or he'd say, lift up your leg as high as you can from your foot. So straight leg, lift up your toes to the ceiling as high as you can. And so they'd get X amount of time of distance from the ground. Okay, that's mobility. And he says, okay, now give me your leg into the, into his hand. And he'd lift the leg up to the ceiling. Yeah. And so you can, you can hopefully you can imagine that um, the muscles are elongating because of his push of the leg up towards the ceiling. And that's flexibility, right? So, so you never want to... Ideally, flexibility helps, of course, but mobility is the name of the game. So um, mobility being your own ability to move within your range, your yes. controlled movement within your range of flexibility. Yeah. No, Where, well, with, what you can, like, obviously, you'll be more flexible without than you assistance. Are. Let's say, right? Yeah. What you can, you'll be more mobile than you are. Sorry, more flexible than you are mobile in theory. Well, well, if you're assessing flexibility, then you, your joints would have a much bigger range of motion Yes. rather than if you're assessing mobility. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so good Question. stuff. Yeah. What do you wish you knew? Um, what do I wish I knew? When you started. Um, good question. Should I, you'd think I'd think about this before getting on the <laughs> podcast, eh? Um, what I wish I knew, I wish I knew that jiu-jitsu wasn't about fighting. I wish I knew that intelligence was the name of the game rather than force. Wait, it is. I gotta leave. <laughs> I'm out of here. Jeez, purple belt. I've got you know that by now, huh? I've got no chance. Um, if I had, and I don't regret anything, right? Because my path brought me to this right now. But I feel like if I had approached jiu-jitsu initially from a different point of view, then maybe I wouldn't have. Um, hurt myself like physically maybe it would have had like like a a shoulder that could do everything that i wanted to do whereas i feel like sometimes i feel limited it's getting better of course but i have to actively manage a sore shoulder yeah all the time probably to the end right forever um but if i had known that jiu-jitsu wasn't about like forcing things then i might not have forced uh, that might not have been my go-to like the force you know, I wouldn't have taken pride in like how sh- like how strong I was, and I would have preferred to learn how to adapt a lot better. And so, um, that's one thing I would have learned for sure. Like I thought I was be- I was good at jiu-jitsu because I was strong. Yep. But I feel like looking back now, that was a hindrance that 
I mean, could have alleviated a lot of problems. Not just not just physical, not just like my my shoulder injury, let's say, but a lot of technical problems that I've encountered my whole life. If I had just stopped and like thought of adapting and changing something, mm. then it would have been better rather than being first. You know, be first, go yeah. go harder. I mean, I think that's an easy trap to fall into when you consider when you look at some of the elite grapplers on the planet. Yeah. Uh, they're all these really ripped you know, aesthetic looking, just bulging muscles. Yeah. So you see all these world champions with these big bulging muscles. Yeah. And you just go, oh, that's what good jujitsu is going to look like. Yes. And so you kind of, it's easy to fall into a trap of trying to mold yourself to that. A hundred percent. And then when you grapple with these guys, you might even be stronger than some of them, but they just technically outclass you. And you're like, oh, maybe that's not what it is. And, you know, so and at that level, though, you do need to be mega strong and mega technical. Yeah, I, mean, I understand that. That's elite athletes. Yes. When you're an athlete, you have to be equally athletic as the people you're competing against. Yeah. Um, and so I think an everyday person needs to um, think less about being having like a body like Mark, like Bushesha, you know, looking like that, and I'm instead never look like Bushesha. and instead adapting more with their brain. Yeah, I was very uh, brawn and not enough brain. Whereas I think the average jiu-jitsu person today needs to consider the brain more than the brawn, because that's the better path towards jiu-jitsu. And then once your brain starts developing and you start understanding jiu-jitsu, then if you were to add a little bit of um, brawn that's okay because you've you've created the foundations of the brain of how to adapt whereas if you start with the brawn then you set bad habits for yourself and it's very hard to come out of them i'm still coming out of them yeah i think i still suffer from them too i think you do really good to be honest in terms of like that because i don't think you've ever had no offense but i don't think you've ever had like (laughs) thanks bro (laughs) i don't think you've ever had the 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 strength no, I've never to have been, to rely on to, I've never to rely been a on particularly strong person no um, but uh, Grandmaster Elio Gracie himself said it jiu-jitsu is the triumph of intelligence over brute strength yes I'm, I didn't understand that as I'm a white belt sad. or a blue belt or even a purple belt I didn't even hear it until I was a purple belt <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, exactly so you know and if I did I would have been like yeah whatever yeah whatever yeah. Um, so that's that's my kind of that's my little um, wish there. That's one of them, at least, until until the end of this episode. So, digging into what the higher crew, the legendary higher crew, have been talking about, Mr. Novan makes a beautiful point, as he always does, Mr. Novan. Shout out to Novan. Um, as a beginner, I wish I knew that not all schools approach jiu-jitsu the same way, and that not all schools teach self-defense in a way that is intentional and deliberate. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. As in, okay, I'll bring it back to my introduction to jiu-jitsu. I saw jiu-jitsu through the lens of MMA. I saw Kenny Florian, Diego Sanchez, and Ultimate Fighter 1 doing their jiu-jitsu. And then I went to a school, and then within three months, I was in a jiu-jitsu sports competition. And there was, I never knew there was a point system in jiu-jitsu. I never knew there was like... Um, rules of jiu-jitsu and having you you couldn't grab a lapel a certain way or you couldn't pull back the fingers a certain way my initial thoughts were that okay I'm learning how to fight and so I think a lot of people say yeah jiu-jitsu self-defense and go off and train it in a, as a sport and I'm not saying that that's no self-defense at all but I think that's not um, 
very effective in terms of self-defense. It could be done so much better than the sport yeah. way for self-defense. Yes, <laughs> that was, I'm kind of like, I'm touching, I'm treading lightly here because of course uh, a sport jiu-jitsu black belt is gonna like do, can do well against somebody who's completely untrained. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah, that's one of those like uh, uh, lines of thought that I see commonly online when this uh, debate comes up. Yeah. The self jiu-jitsu self-defense thing. It's like, oh, any of my blue belts could easily wipe the floor of an untrained person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, same size equivalent, sure. Mm-hmm. Most blue belts would probably be able to shoot a double leg and uh, on an untrained person. Get, and overwhelm them. you know, And overwhelm them. And, and, and break their arm or something. Yeah, absolutely you could. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what if that person was twice your size? You, I don't think that would be as uh, they'd be as confident in that statement. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's what self-defense and that deliberate approach to jujitsu with the self-defense mindset brings in is okay. Maybe I can't just be do a blast double on this, you know, giant uh, and and get it. Yeah. You know. Uh, okay. I'm gonna have to start thinking slightly different about how I'm gonna approach a little bit more strategy in it than just and start understanding distance. You know, what yeah. if they're really aggressive and they're just throwing bombs at you, mm. and you're the only way you know what to do is engage to go for the takedown. Let's say, then you're in you're in the danger zone the whole time. Yeah. So what Novan says intentional and deliberate, right? Mm. Um, and that's where our system comes in where we're actually understanding distance, we're actually understanding T position for God's yeah. sake. Maddie, I think um, just like you, like I didn't know T position until well, like eight years into my jiu-jitsu journey yeah. on how to hold somebody from hitting you in the clinch. Yes. Um, I never even thought about it, you know, uh-huh. and um, that's not intentional. So sure I was doing BJJ mm-hmm. and sure BJJ is a self-defense, is a sport, right? Yeah. Um, and there's self-defense qualities to it, but I never ever thought of doing it for self-defense. Yeah, I thought of doing jiu-jitsu after that three months into the comp. I got so keen on those comps that I just I, f- I just didn't even question whether it was self-defense or not. Yeah, I mean, and to to really emphasize the deliberateness of this, I think I've trained at probably I'll call it ten to fifteen jiu-jitsu schools around the world. Yeah. Uh, some of them just drop ins. You know, I've been once or twice to a school in you know Italy or a school, a couple schools in the US. Um, there's only been two schools, almost three. Yeah. Schools that I went to that deliberately talk about, uh, you know, haymaker defenses and have a stand up self defense element where you're dealing with punches. Mm-hmm. The rest is kind of relying on the fact that you know how to grapple as your self defense. Um, we do it. Phil's school does it or the kind of or the Pedro schools in Melbourne mm-hmm. they do it so our, our affiliation yeah and the only sc- other school was the Valente Brothers in Miami wow you went to the Valente no, Brothers that was where I kind of half did it I walked oh, right. in organised to go in for a class yeah and then went and got pissed <laughs> <laughs> so well, I said alright I'll come back for yeah, 7 o'clock class yeah they were like oh yeah class is on at this time what you know they'll be like yeah sweet I'll be there and then I went and got drunk instead well it's not hard to do in Miami yeah I mean you're on holidays honest. you know so I feel yeah um, but I wish I had gone in because that was well before I'd ever experienced any self defense in my jiu jitsu where yeah. it was oh yeah you know you. I wonder how you would have um, taken it I, yeah I don't know if I was ready yeah you know, sometimes you can receive a message in life multiple times and not be ready to actually understand it. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah. Uh, when I went to Miami, see, that was my brain. I went to Cyborg, Roberto yeah, right. Abril, um, Fight Sports, which is a beautiful school. And it's just, I got Tornado Guard there. You know, yeah. I got like, it was just competition grapples. Yeah. Um, so I was well within the, the realms of competition jiu-jitsu. So yeah, I, mean, that's I didn't even know Valente Brothers. Yeah, that same trip, I I went to Marcelo's in, in New York and yeah. a few of the other, other schools around the place, so... Yeah, uh, I went to Carlos Gracie's school in Dallas. Machado. Oh, yeah, Machado. Yeah. Thank you. So I don't know how I got that wrong. I went to his school. No, no stand-up self-defense there. Yeah, right. Um, um, and that's—I mean—that's the—that's where everything's kind of the, the the vast the majority of people practice the competition kind of jiu-jitsu right now, and I love the fact that you know we we anchor it. So we, anch- we we love grappling too. Yeah, we still take part in the same stuff. We do, but it's got a different intention to it, mm. right? And that's that's the whole thing right there, the intention. So what two jiu-jitsu schools might look like, it might look like they're doing the same thing, but the intention is different, Yeah. Um, which means aspects of the process will be different as well. Thank you, Novan. Um, on the next one, Mr. Alex says, I wish I knew that not all schools are the same, the difference between ones that are mainly competition based, um, the uh, you know, same thing what we're talking about. Like you have a lot of, to be honest, man, I'm gonna be like, I think a lot, the majority of schools these days are in the competition realm. Yeah. Like, and even if they don't have many competitors, they're doing the competition jujitsu, and it's actually f like it's work, not so much anymore because we're around an association that, and a crew of teachers and and, and students that really enjoy practicing the yeah. self-defense so if we don't do a stand-up technique in in uh, in a fundamentals class there will be students that come up and like hey is this self-defense based you know like or people keep asking that question how is this in self-defense a lot of our students like only want to know the self-defense part of it so if we teach like a bear and bolo or something like that and we don't address the punches coming down then we'll definitely have some students who will be like but what if i can get punched here you know and then I dislike teaching that technique if if it lacks in self-defense. We had a if we rely if we assume that we're playing the game, then I don't want to teach that to be honest. Unless we make it specifically known, hey, this is for a competition right yep. here. It's not to say also that berimbolo can't be used. I berimbolo people. Okay, uh, with the thought of a punch coming in potentially. It's the intention, though. It's yep. all about that intention again. Um, we had a, a, a visitor coming in this week. I don't know, might have mean. I don't know what day. It was one of the morning classes. Yeah. And she had experience in judo. She was a black belt in karate. So she was just saying, you know what I loved? The fact that everything you were talking about through T position, everything. Yeah. Being aware of headbutts, being aware of this. Yeah. You know, controlling hands all these little details that we talk about just like kind of just kind of second even, nature now isn't it yeah second nature like i could talk about it with my eyes closed yeah i don't know mouth gagged i don't know we my point it. being yeah. like <laughs> i don't even have to think about these details and they were like i love that these were in your class yeah i want to, i have to find a pedro for affiliate in adelaide where i'm from yeah right so because i want to learn this yes and um I, that's why I do sabbaticals too, so I can just venture out and just just experience different um, schools and environments. And 
when every other time I've been to another school that's not Pedro affiliated, to be honest, it's you never asked about headbutts. Like you never you never consider the punch. You never consider the eye gouge, for example. Yep. And um, I just, in my opinion, I think it's incomplete. If yeah. if you see jujitsu as a self defense art, I concur. You need to understand that stuff. You have to. Um, but if you see it as a competition and you only like it for the sport, then go ahead and do what you like. Because if you're actively, if you're if you're there with that intention in mind and it's deliberate, then who are we to say that that's, it's not right? Yep. Like we, I'm not saying that it's not right. But if you are trying to do jiu-jitsu to, so for self-defense, to make sure that you're not going to get hit, to make sure that you're staying safe, to make sure that you can look after your family and friends in a, in a bad situation against an untrained person or even a super aggressive person, then we have to take into account that, that they might kick you in the nuts, that they might bite your face off, that they might <laughs> spit on you, yep. that they might use a weapon, yep. like things like that are necessary. Um, cool. Alex also says the water trick to breathe and relax. Oh yeah, that's a nice one. This is huge. I feel like this is a, this is a podcast in and of its own. Um, and we are going to have a podcast about the breath. We will do that. Um, so what what Alex refers to is the fact that when beginners come in, more often than not, it's very difficult for them to breathe and relax when you've got somebody on top of them, um, you've got somebody trying to choke them, somebody trying to armbar them. And we've got a rule that in in higher, it's like a, it's like a informal rule that, that beginners with no stripes don't grapple. And it should be kind of concrete because so many accidents happen when the person doesn't know what they're doing. Um, And so part of that, like even if just in specific training or even just in technique, um, the water trick, even people who have been grappling for a long time still need to learn how to relax and breathe and nasal breathe in particular um, and just relax and take away the tension, the unnecessary tension within their body so that they can think better and move better. And so the water trick, you put water in your mouth and you're forced to breathe through your nose unless you want to vomit it up and spit it out right um so when you start when you learn how to breathe through your nose um again you can start thinking better and your movements um are of the same rhythm to your breath is this another maxwell trick yes i think it is credit where it's due steve gave me this this trick yeah and we did it and i was fascinated by it changed my life yeah man i I I used to be like a (laughs) yeah but you but but you weren't even conscious that that you were like that i didn't even i never thought about breathing no you just you're thinking about the bolo, right, or whatever it was. Whatever it was, yeah, yeah. Or your bad squat. Or just go. Yeah, or just go, right? Just go. Let's just get it done. <laughs> Those noises would come out a lot. Yeah. You know, squeezing so hard, my face muscles want to like my yeah. veins want to burst. Yeah, and you see that everywhere, and so just go into a class when when a group are grappling and just listen. And a lot of the times you can hear the, like you, the, the noises you make. I'll spare the listeners of those Sorry. noises again. But those noises are very evident when there is excessive effort being produced, right? Yeah. Whereas coming to a high jiu-jitsu session, even when people are grappling pretty hard, and it's silent, it's quiet. There might be a few foot stomps. You know that yeah. jiu-jitsu is getting stronger when, it's like when you can hear the feet and the hands kind of smacking against the mat. Yeah. But you're not going to – you rarely hear people like – um, like you know like um, making like very harsh noises right because what those harsh noises imply is that you're holding your breath 
And if you're holding your breath and you're not really flowing with it, so sometimes you have to hold your breath, but you're, you're also thinking so much more than you're um, physically exerting. Yeah, my, my, the, way, the easiest way to think about it is I'm trying to protect my breath mm-hmm. from someone trying to take it away from me. So why would I take it away from myself? Well, that's what people, yeah, what a, wow, what a nice way to put it. That's how people do it. That's how people do. They just hold their own breath and then gas themselves out. So Alex says, just go with it. Don't fight it so hard because you gas yourself out and you don't retain anything. That don't retain anything is a big one because people might think that we're telling them to breathe, just relax so that they don't hurt themselves, for example. But it's, it's so much more than that. You learn so much better. You need oxygen in your brain for it to function. Yes. And you need your brain, right? Because it's such a it's such an intellectual endeavor. And you need your brain to be working mm-hmm. and sharp. Yep. So, so, and you know, there's so much technique being thrown at you. So many problems that you have to solve like on the spot. Yep. So that's why you need a functioning brain. Um, so when you're gassed, you don't think effectively. And when you're breathing heavy, then you gas. Um, and breathing ineffectively, I should say. Then you yep. gas yourself out. So right there, Alex, good job, man. And that Alex is one guy who came in from a different school and um, didn't have these fundamentals in check. Instead, was just trying to do the jiu-jitsu. And so we reeled it back a little bit and then showed him a few of these fundamental aspects of, of using himself, right? Of not fighting um, the moves, of working with the moves, not fighting himself and yep. like holding his own breath and gassing himself out. Um, and he's doing so much better right now. So... Um, credit to you, Alex, man, for jumping on board and um, and and accepting these lessons. Um, on to the next one. Any all good, Matty? Yeah, man. On to the next one. Mr. Victor says he wishing you had to tie up his belt. I got a solution for you. Still not knowing it. He still doesn't know how to tie up his belt. Uh, Matty, what's the solution, Matty? Go on to the High Jiu Jitsu YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash High Jiu Jitsu, I think. Uh, yes. I'll. I trust your I trust your uh, knowledge on that one. There is a video, the Super Knot by the Panzer. <laughs> I think that's actually the title of it. Yeah, the uh, the, the Super Knot courtesy of the Panzer. It's a um, look. I've even converted John. I'm a Super Knot guy now, people. I am Maddie. Maddie and Henry, Mr. Henry, um, helped me with that, and I don't know what took me so long. I've been training for 13 years now, Maddie, and I, I was tying up my belt about 20 times a lesson with a shitty old. Um, standard knot. No, the double. It's just like a double knot, really. Yeah, and now we got the super knot, and now I tie it up once, and then it's done for the whole class, and I love it. So people hit it up, YouTube.com/slash. I don't know, but the super <laughs> knot, courtesy of the Panzer, right? The other thing that Victor says, how to fall properly. You know, in the in the that's why that's why we don't have people starting like grappling. Yeah. At least a like hard hard. What, what does that mean? But I don't want people to free roll. Um, before they know the fundamental stuff. So part of that is not posting and knowing how to fall properly because you will fall in jiu-jitsu. But I think part of the, like a big asset um, is knowing how to fall properly because as you get older, I think the number one leader of, of injury as you get older is people falling. So come at me, um, gravity, when I'm old and you know, frail. <laughs> welcome the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be ready to fall and practice these falls because um, we, we know it through jiu-jitsu. I remember uh, back at SPMA, uh, this guy came in. He'd probably had like six months of kickboxing experience or whatever it was. Yeah. Wanted to do MMA. So jumped right into the MMA class for his first class. One of the people just picked him up in a double leg, put him down, and he posted out on his arm, 
broke both arms in his forearm. Yeah. Learn how to fall over. This is why we break fall. Like there's so many different reasons we do a break fall. One of the best ones is protecting your head and protecting your your arms mm-hmm. from hitting that floor. Um, that's why also we have the intro to jiu-jitsu class now, Matty. So check out the high jiu-jitsu timetable. Monday, 12 o'clock, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Intro to jiu-jitsu will show you all of these um not even level one stuff, not even fundamental stuff, level 0.5. I think these are the these are things that you need to know as you get started with jiu-jitsu. So um, that's why we've got, done the intro class, right? To avoid situations like that. Yep. That could very easily be avoided. Yeah, a little bit of knowledge. like Look, yeah. Maddie. sometimes this is a this is a contact like, art, right? And yeah. I mean, look, there will be accidents. Like we can't... If, the, if we didn't take any risk, we'd be at home like wrapped up in in bubble wrap. Then we won't then we won't hurt ourselves, but we won't be living life either. So there will be risk. I, I get that, but it's the stuff that's avoidable that has to go. Like we can't get injured with stuff that could have been avoided because then we're stupid. Then we're not doing it properly. So that guy falling because he didn't know how to break for and breaking his arm. That could have been avoided. That that hurts, right? Yeah. That hurts more than the person who it was just an ac- super accidental injury. Let's say. Um, Look, yeah. Jiu-jitsu is an extreme sport, in the sense that anything where you put yourself at risk can be considered an extreme sport. Yeah. Um, you have people trying to, it's you know, injure your limbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are accidents that happen that we can avoid, and yes. that one was totally avoidable with some very, very, very low level knowledge yeah you know um, much like skydiving 100% if you jump out of a plane without an air without a parachute the risk is 100% yeah <laughs> but if you have a parachute nowadays these days parachutes have uh, your, par- your backpack thing has a second parachute in it with an altimeter so if your first one doesn't deploy you've got a second one yeah and the number of parachute or skydiving incidents is pretty damn low these days Still too very, high for me, maybe. Very, very, very. very <laughs> I'm not willing to take that risk. My point being, you can you can <laughs> mitigate risks, right, with some yes. very fu- fundamental, well thought out approach. Come yes. in for intro class. Make sure you protect yourself. Yes, yes, yes. Simone, wishing you had a type of pants correctly so that I don't fall down during class. Oh my god, this I is a big I, one. I think I was doing jiu-jitsu for like six years before I finally figured out how those pants work. Yeah, man. There was a Hannah Gracie video that, that, that shows how it's done. We should make another one too about that. Just how to tie your pants up. How to tie up your pants. Yeah. That's a big one. You just pull it from the sides and then from the front. It's one cord. That's what you have to understand. The jiu-jitsu pants are one cord. It just goes around twice. Kind of like your belt. Yes. Just pull it from the sides. So pull it from adjust. the sides and then like tie take the slack the out. Yeah. Yes. And there's, there's a kind of little tricks of how to tie it up properly as well. Um, stay tuned, people, for a high yeah. jiu-jitsu YouTube video on how to type your pants but yes simone we get it and belt simone hide you to youtube hey hey now mr dan the man says i remember wishing there was some easy easy dictionary to be like this is what an armbar is this is what a kimura is this is what a triangle is this is a das so i can understand what was happening in class and in roles i think there's like a there's a, a learning curve so today I was rolling with Davo and I dashed him and I said, Matter that I said, Davo, that was a dash choke. And he's like, oh, oh, that's what that was. Because a white belt, me and you know what a dash choke is. Yeah. You and I know what a rear naked choke is, right? Because I guess um, the terminology is really important. 
like yeah. putting a name to what's happening is important so sometimes you laugh at like eddie bravo let's say or oh, geez, like whatever call, whatever whatever system it is out there right this yeah. is the vaporizer this is the banana split but he is giving names to certain things yeah. and it's it's given you a place to go to they're very unique names too so you kind of if you know that system you know exactly what he's talking about yeah which is fine that's that's if, what a system yeah. is right um and whatever you can think whatever you want from the system but what i'm getting at is the fact that um you need to know you need to know where you're going to get there right so if you don't know what a kimura is and you see like step one two three four five six seven but you don't know where you're going to then i guess it's very hard to kind of put them all together yep. and understand and know why you're doing what you're doing so um i get that dan for sure I think um part of that's also I don't know if there's any ever going to be a cheat sheet that you can do for that. A, a lot of it is just experience and getting in amongst it. And time and making yeah. sure that um, as teachers that we're succinct and explicit, right, with um, with the wording. Yes. The terminology is important. Language is important for sure. That was one thing I remember Jeremy Skinner said when he came in for that beautiful seminar he did. Yeah. He's very – he said it to me – We've got to make sure we're always using the same language so that way people don't get confused and they can keep up. Yeah. So your language should never change. You should never talk about, use the same, use a, a bunch of different terms for the same thing. You should try and just pick one and standardize on it. Yeah. Because that way people will always, it, people can assimilate that knowledge much quicker. Yes. You know, like calling an UPA, like you wouldn't call it three different things. It's an Uber, yeah. Like once people will know what an Uber is, they know what an Uber is. Yeah, and maybe that's the hard thing about going to different schools as well—that use think use different terminology. Like a, there's a learning curve attached to just being at that different school. So I'm sure like people that come in from other schools to us don't know what an ankle leg is or a frame, and where they're sitting, yeah, yeah, where they're sitting there talking about the ankle leg and the floating foot, yeah. and they're just like, what are you talking about? You know, so so they need they need an explanation about the a like the what is before we go into like why to do it and how yeah. to do it yep i a think we're very close to go we're always very quick into going to the how yes but if you don't know the what then it's a little bit futile intro class baby intro class yes it always goes back to the intro class um dan also says um yeah i like it dan talks about you know um it was much easier to understand why something like Escape from Renaked Choke was useful rather than something like Butterfly Guard or Half Guard because he didn't need any base knowledge to see how it could come in handy. Yes. I think Dan's touching on a point there that I'm really starting to understand. Um, and it's just understanding the defense, like what the position is and the right position before starting to put layers onto it. Mm. So in Mount, for example, we're doing, a, we've been doing Mount this week. Yep. It's, crucial on on our coaches list i put defensive posture of mount yes and so i think it's important that people understand what the like what the standard position is in mount before they start looking to go to the escapes prit mickelson touches on this quite a bit as well never heard of him look him up he's actually really interesting Uh, i think he's like finnish or something um and he talks he's got like some beautiful stuff online and he makes some very good points and he talks about, for example, in turtle, it's like everyone attacks a turtle and the attacks work because the person's defenses are terrible. 
Whereas if you know how to defend yourself in turtle, then the attacks are going to be way more difficult. So that's why Professor says, isn't it? Like, in count, you counterattack Jiu-Jitsu because you have to remove the person from their defensive posture. So if you're teaching a bridge and roll underneath mount, is it not important to first understand how to keep your elbows in and keep your hips engaged and keep your glutes activated, which you're really good at now, Maddie, right? But even before that, how to keep the person on your hips. Yes. That's the first step before going to the bridge and roll. Because if you're trying to do a bridge and roll with your elbows disengaged, then that's not going to work for you. There's a gaping hole. Yep. So understand the posture first, understand what the position is and how to stay sound defensively and then add the escapes, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, whatever. Yep. Yeah, so uh, big point, Dan. Thank you so much, man. Um, my, t- my makes a very good point. Um, my wishes, she knew, that you're not wasting someone's time if you're paired with somebody new. So a new person coming in, don't feel like you're wasting your partner's time. I just had a chat to a girl who started this week and she's like, I felt awesome in class. It was beautiful. I only just felt so bad for the blue belt who was helping me because they weren't getting their workout in. And I expressed to her that the blue belt's more than happy to help you because he knows it's a fundamentals class and he's probably aspiring to be a teacher as well. And you're giving him an opportunity to, to refine his understanding as he shares it with you. So don't feel bad because that's what people are there to do, especially at high jiu-jitsu. At high jiu-jitsu, I think everyone takes so much pride in helping in, uh, beginners along. So yes. I said just you know, accept the lesson you know, and be happy with it and don't feel bad at all. Absolutely. It's, uh, helping someone new as a blue belt or a purple belt as they come along like as they come into the class helps your understanding but not just your understanding yeah it also helps your ability to then help other people in the future yes because you become better at explaining and recognizing the key details yes and so once you recognize the key details and how to present them better your own execution actually becomes better oh uh, 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 uh. yep so it, it, by helping you I help me yes so you're not wasting my time you're still helping me hundred percent and so we're in this for each other we're in this for ourselves too so so as you said like everyone's getting they're getting a lot out of it for themselves too so don't be don't feel bad my says she gets this feedback a lot from new shy people but we actually take pleasure in teaching others and each other um and people learn more from teaching this um french guys uh something i don't know something he goes to teach is to learn twice. So, so um, when you come in as a beginner into a school, um, accept the lessons. I think it's better rather than feeling bad, just be open and accepting to like what they're saying and, yeah. and listen to them. And that will make things so much better for everybody. Yes. Um, Maya makes another big point. She goes, don't put pressure on yourself to learn everything and pick up every detail the first time you see it because it takes time and the syllabus is iterative. And we go through it. You know, we, once we go, you know, we keep going through you reiter- it. Yes, yeah, reiterate, we, yes, reiterate. Yes. Iterative, how do you, how do you say that? I don't know, iterative. Iterative. Yeah, iterative. Sounds, I don't know. So you'll see it again. And that's the benefit of a curriculum too. You know, like we're, we're going over that curriculum, at least the fundamentals one, every three months it's going over again. Yep. Okay, so, so as Mai says, be content to just pick out a little bit, a little bit from every lesson. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to see it's going to um, compound. 
And then the second time, the third time, the fourth time, and the fifth time. By the 20th time, you're like, yeah, I've, like, I know this. Come here, beginner. Let me show you it. Let me teach you it. You know? yep. um, and that's how it works. You know, that's the cycle of jiu-jitsu life. I think the, the way it's going to happen is we're going to throw a lot of details at you. And we're going to try our best to emphasize the key details. But you know what? But if it's all new to you, then it's all, you don't like, know. It's we, all new. We can emphasize it a million times, but you yeah. still, it's that language we were talking about. You don't understand the language. Yeah. You know, it's all new. Um, remember what you can. And when you come back, you'll be like, oh, I kind of remember this. And then the third time you start to remember it, the fourth and the fifth time, as you said, you're like, oh, now I understand what he said about turning my knee in yes. in this position. Yeah. Oh, it changes it entirely, you know. Yes. Like, um, Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, you're going to start with your, 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 your main road and then slowly the small roads off it and then slowly you're going to build houses and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, just remember that all roads lead to Rome. Meaning? I mean, you just keep walking those roads and you're going to get to the finished product. Yes. Um, I, I guess that relies on you trusting the people teaching you too, though. Yes. Um, so, and at higher, like our, our coaching crew are doing their best to make every class better than the last one. Yes. So with experience, I think experience is helpful too. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I've taught let's say lesson five of fundamentals i've taught that 300 times probably um every like i've got it down i feel like i'm getting it down every lesson i'm getting down to a t and i've had to change some things some things don't work as well as others and i'm adjusting things before the class based on the last class and i'm adjusting things on the spot as well um according to like you know the students that are there so we're doing our best to help you so kind of jump on board and just be there as like to learn the next thing my says which i think is really important which is part of it's a personal responsibility here is if something feels too hard or forceful or you feel like you're just putting too much effort in you're probably doing it wrong if you don't know how to do it better then ask someone about it or as my likes to put it aim to be as lazy as possible okay maybe efficient uh, is the better word i've got that down pat yes so we call you the puns That's right I, no. love, I love being lazy Lazy isn't a good word. No. You're not being lazy, Maddie. And when you are being lazy, you're going to tap. It's a matter of being efficient. Yeah, it is. It's different. What's the difference? Well, I guess I, I call it lazy because I'm intentionally doing as little as I have to in any given point. Not because it's efficient, just as because As little I don't as want... you have to to achieve the desired result, yeah, to right? to survive and or win. Yes. Depending on the situation, depending on the role. Yeah. Um, there are people I do as little as I can to survive. There are people I have to do a lot to survive. Uh, there are people I have to do very but little. But not to more. Do. Yes. Why do more? Than what you have to do. Yeah, why? Because that's been inefficient. And that's like everything, right? Like The goal is to use as little effort as is possible to achieve the desired outcome. Yep. So you got to think about what the desired outcome is. If it's just defending yourself, then stay safe. You're fine. If it's to choke somebody out, then you might have to put in more effort and start getting your brain to like flow a lot better and start sequencing your techniques. But there are still ways to, even once you get to the finishing position, I'm sure there are ways we can find to refine our finishes with less effort too. Yeah, and you're still doing more than just on like just surviving. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So if you're really lazy, then you're just sitting there 
Sometimes if, I'm tired. I wouldn't call it lazy though. Well, yeah. So you're having to kind of and your and your outcome, your desired outcome is just survive, yeah. which is fine. Um, in any case, do as as little effort as is necessary to achieve the desired outcome. Right. Thank you, Mike. That was beautiful. Um, Nick Avery. Are we good so far, Maddie? Yeah, man. These are beautiful. Uh, uh, thank you, everyone, for all these great answers. Yeah, and there's many more to come. So what Nick Avery says, Mr. Professor, Mr. Fixit, says your measure of ability or success is not how many people you've tapped that week. Yep. That's a big one. I also think it's not a measure of how many times you tap as well. No. So um, maybe we need to look at a different measurement. What are some other measures of success on the mats? Let's say you've had a, a week of grappling. One could be, I usually I can only make it two classes a week. This week I made four. That's a huge measure of success. That's, that's awesome. That's a hundred percent increase that week. Yep. That's awesome. This week um, I actually felt really good coming out of the class and mm-hmm. felt like I, I understood a lot of stuff. Beautiful. This week I actually managed to get the technique yep. that the, the instructor showed me in class in a live role. <sighs> That's awesome. That's epic. Another one. Uh, maybe not the number of times I tap, but hey, I rolled with this person who's been killing me for, for, for weeks and weeks and they just didn't catch me. Yeah. I was still on the bottom. I was still under mount for five minutes, but they couldn't catch me. That's a, a success. That is success. Yep. Um, and then that can stem off to like, you know, I actually started countering what they were doing too. That's successful as well. Yeah. I countered one of Maddie's moves. Maddie tried to dance me this week and I countered and flipped him over his head. There you go. That's that's success right there. Um uh, how are you getting better? How do you test whether how are you getting better? You flow better, maybe you're breathing better. I was about to maybe say you don't breathing. have to think about, you know, maybe you didn't make as many grunts mm-hmm. in, in a class as you did previously. Um, maybe you're getting injured less. Maybe you're getting those niggles less. Maybe you're feeling a lot less sore in class because you're not fighting yourself and others too much. Maybe you didn't have to sit out the second or third round of rolling because you were so tired. Yep. Maybe you can keep water in your mouth for the whole roll without spitting it on your partner and mm-hmm. feeling bad about it. Yep. Um, maybe you, someone's news come to class and you've been able to help them. Yeah. That's and, and they've And they've commented on how what a great teacher you are. Yep. You know, all of these things um, are, are different measurements of success and ability on the mats. And I'm sure there are so many more as well. You're left with a smile on your face. Yeah, how much did you enjoy it? Like, yeah. that's that's success, man. Because if you're not enjoying your jiu-jitsu, you're going to quit. Mm. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, it can't be ego. You can't, you can't, be, you can't be going home really beat up because, you know, you're doing takedowns yeah you, uh, you were doing takedown drills and you didn't get any takedowns and you just got taken down mm-hmm. it's part of the process so i i'll be i'll be real that being said yeah i want to counter that point don't just like be nonchalant about losing because that there's a there's a an, an element of looking inwards at your loss to learn from it too 100 percent which is what, and it's kind of what I'm saying about you and the laziness too. Like you can't just sit there and not get submitted and be like, oh, I'm great. I did awesome today. <laughs> it's like, fine. And now look for the next step. Yeah. So the next step is like, okay, get out of your defensive bubble mm-hmm. and then look, look to recognize first the times that you can counterattack on your partner's movements. Yes. Because that defensive bubble 
um, only leads to like stagnation. Yeah. Right. So, so you want to keep your you don't want it to be game over, and you've learned how to survive. Awesome. The next step. Luke, Mr. Luke Whiffen says it best. He's like, you don't want to if you have like a, a somebody running after you, like on the street, and you you jump into your car and you lock the doors. Okay, but that you still got that person That's running like, around your car, like yeah. you know, hovering over you, ready to kill you. And your car might be the safety net for the moment, but at some point you're gonna have to do something about it. You have to drive off. Either drive off, either like trick the guy and get out and bang him on the head with a bat or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> like, um, there needs to be a counterattack. Yeah. There needs to be a way of escape and then a way of control and then a way of submission. Let's say, right? So it's, you can't stay. The jitsu can't be stagnant. All right, nice. Um, yes, Mr. Taron, it's not just about winning; it's about learning. I like that. So just like that's just like what Nick Avery was saying, right? So just um, it's not like it's not. Don't measure your success by winning and losing. Me- measure it by how much you are learning. Oscar, no, um, I think Oscar says what he wishing you before starting how to tap. I think Oscar still doesn't know <laughs> how to tap. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, like I think definitely. A, hey, intro class, know how to tap, know when to tap. So when do you tap, Maddie? Whenever when you, something's painful? Before it's painful. Mm-hmm. When you're controlled and you think... When it's like checkmate. Yeah, okay, it's checkmate. checkmate. We're good. Admittedly, when tap, you're new, you again. don't know when checkmate is, right? Yes. Um, That's why you don't grapple before at least the first or second stripe. Yeah. Get that uh, understanding of what an armbar is before someone, you know, hyperextend your arm. Yes. I love it. Um, Mr. Luke Whiffen is back at it again. Luke Whiffen says, fight for fun, learn for progress. That's nice. That's great, isn't it? That's, that's nice. Sometimes I because want to we want to Because fi- we fight. Me and you fight sometimes. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get Maddie now. He's like, nah, oh, no way. you're like, I'm going to get you now. <laughs> Maddie's going for my knees and for my legs. And like, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're going for each other. Yep. But it's for fun. Yes. I like doing that with you. Like, I love doing that with everybody. But it's for fun. Mm. And if I want to progress, you know, we learn. So it's a little bit different. So that's the time that we're like, okay, let's almost in a sense, take off the learning cap. And then now we start, go- we start going at each other. Yes. There's a time for both. A hundred percent. And be deliberate with which one you're trying to achieve. Yes, intentional. Yes. I like it. Thank you, Luke. That's beautiful. Raylene. Uh, Raylene's a legend. And she says, trust the process. What do you say about Rome, Maddie? Something about Rome? All roads lead there. Or Rome wasn't built in a day. It wasn't built in a day, no. So there's a process to this stuff. And you can't just jump on the mats and you know, download jiu-jitsu into your brain. Yeah. Um, and then just be a, be a legend at it from the beginning. You have to get tapped many, many times. You have to make the same mistakes over and over, unfortunately, even no matter how frustrating it is to you, you will make similar mistakes over and over. 10,000 taps. Trust the process. 10,000, you reckon? Probably more. Man, a lot of taps, put it that way. Um, also, something Raylene says, a huge prerequisite that helped me was mastering the basic movements when I first started. Morning Zoom team sessions represent. Maddie, how was morning Zoom class? I made it to one of those. No, you didn't. Yeah, I don't yours. remember. Yeah, mine, when you, were, when you were actually there. We're good with doing a potty, and then we Thanks, did a, a morning Zoom sesh. Look, I thought they were great, and 
Raylene thoroughly enjoyed them, so I'm, I'm happy, and they didn't go to waste. Yeah. We'd have like one or two or three of maybe four people on there in the mornings, whatever, man. It was, it was like corona lockdown. Everyone was doing their thing. Yep. Um, but in those sessions, we sat down and really studied hip escapes and sat down and really studied hoopers and teeter-totters and yep. all of those things because there's so much involved in them. If you really break it down, there's so much involved. Remember, Maddie, you made an analogy in a previous podcast about the, the the puzzle. So, you know, if you've got like an image and you cut it up in four pieces, it's a pretty easy puzzle. Yeah. Then what if you cut it up into a thousand pieces? It like it's, it's still the same picture, but it's there's many different aspects to it. Yes. Um, and so I think you can take, you can do the same thing with hip escapes. You can say, this is a hip escape, we cannot do it. That's kind of how we learned it. Um, or you can say, okay, here's your foot. This is what's happening with your foot relative to your knee, relative to your hip. Um, this is where your weight's coming first. Is it going to shift your balance? You know, um, That's your, where intro class is going to be beautiful. Yes, 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 yes. Um, the other thing Ray says, understanding how to be aware of your body. So the black hole stuff we did really helped Ray. So um, the 30 lessons that we've been practicing and yep. doing, um, awareness of your body, wow. And again, I think that's something that um, I think yogis, you know, people who are, depends on the modalities of people's like um, training. But, you know, yogis that come in here tend to be quite aware of their bodies and tend to really love our session. Like Asha really, yep. really thoroughly enjoyed our, like doing jiu-jitsu because we, I think we do a good job of bringing those body awareness and jiu-jitsu together. Yep. Um, and some people have no idea yeah. of body awareness you know and don't know their left leg from their right one that was so, like me when I came to jiu jitsu I, yep. I couldn't even run in a straight line without falling over <laughs> legit right That was, yeah. it's not even a joke not even a joke <laughs> maybe not I could run in a straight line I couldn't run in a circle yeah <laughs> so yes um, and so with that being said I think that comes with jiu jitsu if you're at the right school right mm. and if you're not at the right school you have to go find it for yourself um, it's body awareness so for me the Feldenkrais method was absolutely critical to me. Um, Steve Steve Maxwell helped us out a whole mm. bunch, um, but awareness is a little bit different to knowing how to be fit, knowing how to be strong. It's a different realm altogether. I yes. think it's the most more important one. Um, Ray says also be present on the mats and to learn not to learn not fight. And I think the one thing that Hajjutsu does well is foster. Um, it, one thing. Hajjutsu fosters well is this attitude that we're here to learn and practice and play and not fight because we go back to fight is for play mm. and learn is for progress mm-hmm. and the way to learn is to play yes you yeah. know what I'm saying yeah so, so um, yeah that's critical it's kind of what I was saying at the start as well what I wish I knew um, all of these are so beautiful thank you everybody for the uh, for we've got a couple more right here um, in training from Novan in training tapping early and often is respected and commendable Novan does a great job of this if you kind of have him like 85 80% 85% of the way he'll tap and it's self-preservation for him and I'll if he taps on me I'll say okay now your turn like I'm not going to break your arm Novan so show me your escape yep boom boom okay keep going blah blah blah, blah, blah. you know and then oh, oh here's, a, here's a choke Novan will tap okay and he's like got me sure and he gives me the the benefit of the doubt right yep. and he he um, satiates my ego right so I don't have to hurt him yeah yeah and then he then I let him as a thanks I let him fight like just go through that position and problem solve it mm-hmm. and then we keep going 
Um, I like it. This a couple is a more. Beautiful way to learn and play jujitsu on the previous point. Yes. Like that's that's everything in a nutshell. It's not waiting till you're you know seeing stars and the world the the darkness is closing in to to tap. Oscar the Island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the world goes dark for him. I just don't think you can choke him. Uh huh. <laughs> um, yes. I like it. So Bella Bella says, don't don't just crank on submissions. That's really important. Mm-hmm. Especially when drilling, go nice and slow and take care of your training partner. If your mechanics are right, they'll be caught and the submission should be there no matter what. Mm. I agree because if you start fighting, maybe you can fight escapes, you might hurt yourself. But if you're fighting submissions and trying to f- like force submissions, that's not a good spot to be because the very next stage is injury. Yes. So so people, when, you get starting, when you're starting out, when you're learning jiu-jitsu, um, respect that submission. Respect what it is. It's an armbar. It's there to break someone's arm. It's a it's a it's a choke. It's gonna hurt the person's neck. It's gonna put them to sleep. If you're lucky. Yeah. If you're not lucky, it's gonna smash your whole neck, right? And it's not nice. So, mm-hmm. so you don't need to fight those. What a beautiful point, Babella. You don't need to fight those. Just work with it. And remember, your past, your partner also wants to trust you that you're not going to hurt them. Yeah. Because when I let you do an armbar on me when we're drilling yeah uh i have to trust that you're not going to take my arm home yes so we have to trust each other build trust in each other by not just trying to reef it off yes benny marks says i also think having short trim nails should be explained to everyone on the very first day yes some people go a few months before someone takes them aside and asks them to cut their nails intro class that's what we do like that's why we have to start intro class for these things because mm-hmm. you're in a basic fundamentals class and it's not you know it's not like a b c yeah it's supposed to be, but it kind of starts to develop beyond that. Um, and people cut your nails, cut your nails, cut your nails. Even these need only a little tiny bit of white. You cut those, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah so, um, now, here's one more. Matty Jackson says some very good stuff. He says, don't try to just do stuff fast. Focus on the purity of each movement and improving that each time you train. That's big, right? Mm. Trust the coaches to measure how well you're doing because they're measuring your progress in the context of your own development path. So me and you, you and I, we look at each individual student. So something that you would do well, I would judge that based on you versus like a white belt doing what they're doing well or just that, I would judge that based on what, what's come, what, where they're at. Yes. And I think that's part of having, having consistent coaches Whereas if you've got co- different coaches that come in all the time, sure, they're teaching you moves, but it goes beyond teaching moves. Mm. That's why I like to call ourselves coaches because we're coaching you on the long term. I like I don't mind being called coach much better than like an instructor because I feel like when I'm instructing, I'm telling. Maybe this is just personally anyway. An instructor yeah. is just going to tell you what to do, right? Whereas a coach, I'm there to, to guide. guide you over the long haul. The other thing that Maddie wishes in you was knowing the appropriate response to when Johnny and Maddie try to involve you in their jokes. What is the appropriate response? <laughs> I don't know. With our Wait, jokes, somebody's just got to laugh and nod your head. I was going to say, Matt, are you trying to insinuate that Johnny is making a joke? <laughs> He's not a funny person. Oh, that's what, if you listen to Peter and Peter's comments on Facebook, you're the you're the funny guy in here and I'm the serious one. Yes. <laughs> I knew I was the funny. I, I make the worst dad jokes in class sometimes and Pete, I've, I look around the room and everyone's like just rubbing their face <laughs> like, oh my God, Matt, I can't believe you said that. It's all right. I'm a dad now, so I, I can um, 
I can relate. Yeah, bring and I, I appreciate the dad jokes. Hey, um, last one. No, second last one. Jack Cox, in that conversation we had last week, says he wishes he knew to use his legs more. Whoa, that was actually going to be my like end of the yeah right podcast. Well, we took it. Yeah, but use your legs more. I, I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Danny Wilmot says, "I wish I had been told about it sooner." I, I'm calling bullcrap on that, Danny. I hope you listen to this. I've been friends with Danny since like I was 20 and he was 17. Yeah, you've uh, been telling him about it, right? I, man, I remember like play wrestling with him out clubbing one night. Yeah, right. So, uh, actually, funnily enough, he put me in a headlock. Uh-huh. And I didn't know how to get out of it. I had no idea how to get out of a headlock. Yeah, right. And now I have all those skills because we deliberately put self-defense first. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, that, that that was a problem I never solved at the previous gym. So there you go, Danny, a liar. Uh, you wish you'd been told about it sooner. You were told about it sooner. Yep. You were just interested in being a DJ. Yes, DJ Danny. It's all good, man. He's here now. He's well and true to here. So um, in closing... Thank you everybody for listening up, Maddie. What's um, based on all of those? Just give me, just give me an outline, an overview um, of what you wish you knew before starting jiu-jitsu. It doesn't need to be a fight. Like, yeah. As, as I fight, think that's what, yeah. Fighting's fun, but just it is. But that's not how you learn. Yeah. You know, you don't learn by go, you don't learn by going to war. You should have learned before you go to war, right? Yeah, right. That's why you go through basic training and all yep, your other yep, trainings. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and using the legs and hips and the power of them. Yes. Yep. What about you? Um, I'm going to read what Jack says. I want to use your legs more too because um, starting out, I was like a, a nuggety bodybuilder yep. and I was just, it was just all upper body strength and no one said like, okay, people would show you how to use your legs but they weren't deliberately saying use your legs like this use your legs like that um and so when professor made his analogy uh, you know uh pr- professor's analogy right he's like you ask somebody to lift the car they go behind and they try to lift it with the hands you ask a, an athletic guy how to lift it and he's going to do a nice like deadlift you know like a like a franco colombo yep. good good um deadlift stance and try to lift it like that you ask a jiu-jitsu black belt how to lift a car and he's going to go, one second, I'm just going to go get the jack. <laughs> and he puts the jack underneath and just starts lifting it up like that. Um, and so knowing that there's little little adjustments to make things so much easier, um, I think is going to change your change your your philosophy, change your, your mindset with regards to jiu-jitsu. And if you ever get to see Professor in action, he uses Sorry. his feet like hands. Yep. So like use your legs more. Your, your feet should be doing everything. Your feet... Your legs are how you protect your arms. Yes. Honestly, like that's probably the biggest learning mm-hmm. I've had and it's something that's becoming really obvious to me recently. Yeah. I don't protect my arms with my arms. I protect my arms and I protect my neck with my legs. And your position? Everything is protected from my legs. Yeah. It's all legs. It's legs. Um, I like to use the analogy that I use my, my fingers are for knitting. Yeah. And it should be for delicate movements only. Yeah. And anything that requires any form of strength or strength uh, like power comes from the legs it's just anatomically smart yeah right. hey everybody thank you so much for listening we've gone over time um, I just want to say we love you all and we appreciate you listening and people if you haven't started with Jiu Jitsu go find a school if you're around the area if you're around the hood of Sydney come train at higher. we've got a free lesson um, and if you're a listener of this you can have a free week whatever come in learn practice 
Um, you make jiu-jitsu a part of your life and it helps you in so many different ways. And that's why we're coming to this podcast as well, to help everybody to add a, a little nuggets of value to your, to your um, ongoing jiu-jitsu process and hopefully to encourage you guys to come in and train and, um, and enjoy it the way we're enjoying it. So thank you. Much love. Us. Us.